Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts as always and we are on series 2 episode 231 of this daily study podcast. Thank you for joining us as we begin our study of this week's Come Follow Me. We're in August the 17th to August the 23rd covering Helaman chapters 1 to 6, the rock of our Redeemer. And we're going to begin uh, with the section that is titled Pride Separates Me from the Spirit and the Strength of the Lord, which is covered in Helaman 1 to 6. Now, what we're going to do is um, today we're going to focus on Helaman chapters 1 to 2, which doesn't really cover the pride cycle as much as the other chapters. But it does introduce uh, something which is very dangerous and can be linked to pride as well. And that is uh, secret combinations. And also uh, the fact that pride, you know, at this stage, and we, we have the visual of the pride cycle in the Come Follow Me manual. And I think that that is very appropriate uh, for our studies for this week, because we see the Nephites were successful in their war over the Lamanites. Clearly, there was great righteousness and prosperity because of this, uh, which led to this result. Um, but then we see that pride and wickedness start to set in. In fact, in Helaman chapter one, verse two, we begin to see this um, descent already. It says, For behold, Pahoran had died and gone all the way of the earth. Therefore, there began to be a serious contention concerning who should have the judgment seat among the brethren who were the sons of Pahoran. Now, to be honest, you know, there being a contention over who should um, lead the people is, is not a bad thing, necessarily, in, in and of itself. Um, but it is a very tricky and, and precarious time for the Nephites. Uh, Brant Gardner um, said this, quote, Not only was it the chief judge's death a time of transition, but it was the first time that the surviving chief judge had not declared his ruler. Complicating things even more, the crisis of succession came at a time of increasing internal divisions among the Nephites. Bahoran's death became a spark that ignited already smouldering divisions. Close quote. And this just led to a time of a, of a power vacuum. So there's these three sons, Pahoran, Payonkai, and Pacumenai. Uh, and basically, Pahoran wins the vote, as it were, of the people. Uh, and Pacumenai is very happy to um, accept this. But Payankai is what is probably one of the first indications that there is pride starting to set in amongst the Nephites. Uh, he wants the judgment seat, and he is extremely angry. Um, and he's about to write to raise a rebellion, um, but then um, he is tried for, to the voice of the people, uh, and he is um, condemned to death for he's tried to raise a rebellion and tried to destroy the liberty of the people. Now, this is a, an interesting stage of the Nephite civilization because up until this point, we have had people before that have raised up rebellions and done this in quite a public and pronounced way. You think of people like Nehor and Amlesai and. Um, Korihor and Amalekiah and many others um, who we've learned about, like um, Morianton, I think it was, uh, who um, led the kingmen during the, law, the war with the Lamanites. Um, all these people, they were out there, they were clear, their intentions were clear, and, you know, people just may have disagreed with them, uh, and rightly so, but they made their intentions clear and tried to sell what they had to sell, as it were. But in this stage of the Nephite civilization, there starts to be something much more insidious. Um, in verse 9, it says of Helaman 1, Now when those people who were desirous that he should be their governor saw that he was condemned unto death, therefore they were angry. And behold, they sent forth one Kishkuman even to the judgment seat of Pahoran, and murdered Pahoran as he sat on the judgment seat. 
And then in verse 11, it says, And he went unto those that sent him, and they all entered into a covenant, yea, swearing by their everlasting maker, that they would tell no man that Kishkeman had murdered Pahoran. And so we see here these combinations, these secret combinations starting to develop uh, and start to take place uh, in, in their lives. Joseph Fielding McConkie and Robert L. Millett said this, quote, After Kishkuman murders Pohoran, these followers of Payankai enter into a covenant bound by secret oaths to tell no one of their complicity in the murder. A number of those accomplices to the murder are executed, yet many hide themselves by mingling among the people. This remnant of dissidents becomes the genesis of the secret combinations that would continually plague the people of Nephi and would ultimately bring about their destruction as a nation. Close quote. This has now sent them on a very dangerous path, that the, this introduction of these secret combinations, and they have been put into the hearts of the people by, by none other than Satan himself. And I found it interesting as I was sitting and thinking about these secret combinations and the nature of them, that, you know, the, the secret covenants are based from reading the, those few verses on simply covenants. And we talk all the time about how covenants are an important part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we know that covenants in themselves are not, um, you know, a bad thing. But what is, um, you know, a dangerous uh, thing is how they were secret. And these secret combinations were put into place to help people to get gain, uh, whether it is power or money or position. Uh, and that is what makes them so dangerous, is that covenants have the great, and like many things, we, we think of things like um, the wonderful... Um, herbs and the wonderful blessings of bounty there are on the earth we think of things like media and technology we think of things which you know if all used in the right way can be wonderful things but also these wonderful things unfortunately have been taken and been twisted in many ways so that they can be extremely dangerous as well and it's the same with secret combinations and the use of covenants um, these covenants are not made with their their god although ironically they are swearing by that by their everlasting maker uh, so in, in every sense of the word, they are on face value on the surface, mimicking that which is God's, but doing it in a very disrespectful and dangerous way. And that is why they are so dangerous, these secret combinations. I'm not going to dwell too much on these secret combinations, but I do think particularly in verses uh, chapters one and two, they are prevalent and they and it's the introduction of them. So it's worth um, reflecting on them. Now, during this time of great upheaval and difficulty and um, contention, the Lamanites recognize this is a great time to attack. Um, in verse 16, it says, Therefore, the king of the Lamanites, whose name was Tubaloth, who was the son of Amaron, supposing that Coriantumr, being a mighty man, could stand against the Nephites with his strength and also with his great wisdom, insomuch that by sending him forth, he should gain power over the Nephites. Now, what is interesting is that once again, this pride cycle starts to set into place. And this pride cycle, after having said at the start, it's not really seen, you know, the, you don't see the Nephites, you know, getting better and wealthier and then getting prideful, then being destructive, then being, uh, having to go through suffering. Actually, the things that we see going on are, are as a result of pride. The secret combinations come in because people want to get gain and more, and more prosperity. Um, and so this wickedness sets in. And also, um, you've got kind of individual pride cycles going on here. Tubaloth was is the son of Amaron, who of course was the brother of Maralakiah. So all three of these people were Nephites. Coriantumr, who led these armies of the Lamanites um, against the city whilst they're having these troubles, 
he is a descendant of Zarahemla, a dissenter from among the Nephites. So, you know, again, because of their pride in their prosperity, and so they're wanting to get gain and more for themselves, they move over to the Lamanites and cause the Nephites this great this great issue. Um, and yeah, I think that that is something which is worth remembering, is how this pride has led to this. And so they go forward, but um, the new chief captain of the Nephite armies, Moroni Ha, who is the son of Moroni, Captain Moroni, um, manages to defeat them because basically um, the Lamanites were a bit overzealous. Again, pride uh, wanted to take more, but then they realized that they cut themselves off in the, in the center of the land. And so they were fairly straightforwardly um, dealt with uh, by Moroni Ha, although it was a very um, difficult and, bl- and blood-filled battle. Uh, so that is where that ends. But the the pride, unfortunately, does not end there. And in in particular, um, Kishkumen is at his works again, particularly with one man called Gadianton, who now wants to uh, gain power and is prideful in his ways. And so, again, this pride instigates this secrecy in these plans. To finish, I'm going to share a quote by uh, President N. Russell Ballard, who spoke about secret combinations. But also, I want to uh, think about how this applies to us um, in, in individually as well. He said, quote, the Book of Mormon teaches that secret combinations engaged in crime present a serious challenge, not just to individuals and families, but to entire civilizations. Among today's secret combinations are gangs, drug cartels and organized crime families. The secret combinations of our day function much like the Gadianton robbers of the Book of Mormon times. They have secret signs and code words. They participate in secret rites and initiation ceremonies. Among their purposes are to murder and plunder and steal and commit whoredoms and all manner of wickedness contrary to the laws of their country and also the laws of God, close quote. And again, you know, I think it's very interesting that, you know, there is aspects of secret combinations which, again, mimic the, the, the gospel of Jesus Christ in ways that in things like they have um, covenants and they have, and they have ceremonies you know, these things are meant to be spiritual and religious in nature. But again, um, they are, you know, their purposes are very insidious and difficult. And um, it's something that we need to be very careful of that we look around us in the world today. And we, um, we avoid these, um, because they can bring about great destruction. So um, yeah, I've gone over the time there. Um, But yeah, I I wanted to deal with those two chapters first, because there's a lot of difficult things to have to read about and deal with there. Um, But obviously you can see in the background this pride cycle being at work. And so what we'll do is as we move forward into the chapters three, four and five, that we'll start to see this pride cycle working almost like a roller coaster through these chapters. Uh, And it is, um, there's many lessons we can learn about our own pride and how we need to stay close to our savior and stay humble to him uh, and repent on a daily basis so that we can stay in the good part of the pride cycle, as it were. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do um, share, review, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, That'd be great if you could share it with people that you might think might be interested. Um, You can join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me and share what you've been studying. I'd love to hear from you. And you can also email uh, ldsstudysession at gmail.com if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode yourself. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.